When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. This new contract here at Arsenal, but what made you so sure that this was the best place and this was the right decision for you? It's Arsenal, you know. Come on, it's Arsenal. Welcome back to Alex Runison is still an Arsenal player and Arsenal podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend. George V. There is no Bradley today. <laughs> How do I approach this? So Bradley <laughs> came. Bradley, <laughs> I'm learning we've, about this for the first time myself. Right we've now. recently <laughs> changed. We've recently changed our um, our recording schedule. We're going to record more often, and that's actually some good news. So there we go. We're going to mm. record more often, uh, slightly shorter, but there'll be there'll be more, more regular episodes. So you get more content. So lucky you, yeah. So say thanks, all right, <laughs> for your free content. Um, Bradley came on us on our recording thing the other day and said that we couldn't mention that he was going on a date because he hadn't told this girl that he was going on other dates, essentially. Um, and uh, now apparently oh. he's now apparently he's pied her off, but he's on another date. <laughs> this guy, Casanova, I think he said he was, I think he said he was something on the lines of like, yeah, I'm just chatting to like six girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was so casual. It was just like, yeah, I got six like, on the back burner. Yeah, she's got six. No, but Alex, mate, please, please don't say anything. Please, please. Because like, she might listen. Like, He's going to ruin it for me. And I'm you know, so going on a date. He's now part her off. So. <laughs> <laughs> so much for sharing your location when you can share your different knock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, listen to this. He's fine. He's fine. Um, anyway, this welcome back. Just tracking him, and he's just like, oh, he's not yeah. on a different knock. It's yeah. done. It's over. He's lied to me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the George V guy that they got? It's on the George there? V guy. Better in a thruple. God's sake. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm great. I am amazing. Good. You know what? I am post Declan Rice. May. Eulogy, euphemacy, whatever you want, whatever sympathy. The source-like word can insert here a C. I'm just, I'm not even over it. I'm not going to even lie to you. Like, I've consumed every bit of content. I have been somebody that has wanted this boy here for so long, and I just don't think it's hit me yet. Like, until I see him even playing, I'll just be gobsmacked because I don't think we as fans fundamentally realize what we just did. I'll be honest with you. And look, I think everybody's media trained, but I have never seen a more media trained person um, in my life. From a he knows what to say, doesn't he? He knows oh, what to say. Mate. He he just knows. And he's so clued in. I think Gary Neville said it too in an episode of The Overlap. You know, He's just aware. He's switched on. And that's the best way you can describe him, both as a player on and off the pitch. And I just think what we've done here is significant, mate. It really, really is. Um, he's a loud, vocal person. He's not somebody that's afraid. And I just loved the way he entered the place, you know, one thing that's might be worth t saying is not just him, but, you know, you had a look at, you know, Yuri and Timber um, and, you know, him in terms of contrasting kind of the entry and the behind the scenes thing. I just thought we have two really good mental profiles. Like that's the one thing I did take away. Um, we'll see what we happens on the pitch. We all have our theories. We all have our preferences. And I think we've talked about it to death. But one thing I did notice behind the scenes is Yuri and Timber seemed incredibly clued in 
to life and perspective, something I didn't expect for somebody of his age, by the way. Like, And I know we always say this when you talk about trying to describe young leaders, but just the way he approached football, his time at Aya, I was really left impressed. I saw a couple more interviews that were in Dutch, and you know, I just felt that this is a boy that I understand the adulation and the videos that they did now. I really didn't before. I thought that was a little bit overdone. I'm not going to lie, hand on heart. And I'm just sat there thinking, wow, we've got a future leader here. Like this guy is so switched on about um, the environment, the stakes, what it takes to make it at the top level. Um, and he he's done it for such two huge clubs. And I just think both of them are unfazed by the adulation. They're both ready for work. And you can see that in their demeanor. Let's see how they play. But mate, I, I don't know about you, but I was mightily impressed beyond the PR uh, answers, let's say. Hmm. Yeah, there's so much to see on the pitch, but I think what you can say from from sort of jumping off that is that we're not buying project uh, professionals. Let's say that no. we're, we're buying yeah. we're buying drop in guys who can come in and do a job from day one. Whether that's the same on the pitch, I don't know, but we're not buying Sambi Lakonga who clearly needs to sort of grow into himself. We're not buying Nuno Tavares who, who hasn't been at a big club before, you know, or hasn't been in those kind of situations. Yeah, I, I found the Declan Rice thing. Um, Interesting, because I, I suppose on a personal level, I have to say, watching him go round, I think uh, my my kind of inhibitions or my kind of like projections onto it is I felt a little bit, <laughs> I've used the word cringe before. I don't think it's right. <clears throat> There's a kind of, he knows what to say. He knows when to say it. And he knows what the right thing is, the right buttons to press. I Rocky that- Rowcastle, reading the slogan. That is the the thing that just is perfect to me in what you're saying. Like we you see know, it coming, he's reading coming, it out loud. He's been at the Emirates before, and he's still going. Oh wow, man! It feels like home. What a stadium. And like, yeah, and you know, like I know, I I'll, I'll put this is me, and then I'll say what it, you know what what it actually actually applies to, rather than just my opinion. <laughs> I feel a little bit like <laughs> he knows what he's doing, but but that level of awareness. And that level of like knowing what to say, when to say it tells me this is a very clued in guy. And this is a guy who understands what he's doing. This guy understands media. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes into, you know, ends up on Sky or whatever post his career. I think there's even been jokes about him coming for Carragher's spot and stuff. So, you know, this is clearly guys clued in, you know, immediately. There was even a moment where, I don't know if you noticed it, but he'd clearly been in the physio room, I think with Jordan Reese, yeah. And then Edu was showing him around the training ground and he had to like pretend he hadn't seen it. And yeah. he was like, but he still did it. Like, this is the thing, you know, and he sort of went, yeah, yeah, I've been here, but wow. Like he knew the right <laughs> thing to say, which, which with the cameras on you, whatever. So yeah, look, it, it, he's not going to get points for reading social signals, but what we are seeing is someone who isn't someone who's a kind of footballer, just sort of like, has never been out of that environment. It's someone who is It's the clearly- details, isn't it, mate? Like it's yeah. somebody that that puts a point to the details. And I think when you start project that that out, maybe in terms of role, when you start talking about actual football skills, there you can give somebody all the information in the world, but just somebody that has the awareness to yeah. know what yeah. to do in the moment, I think that's a translatable skill. Yeah. And he exactly on and off the pitch. And I think it's the it is the awareness and it's the I think he is aware of what this deal means not mm-hmm. only for his career, but for Arsenal. I think he knows that. Yeah. And I think that's only going to help us. So yeah, it's 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 exciting because it feels like we've signed someone who is like, knows they're a star, knows the right thing to say, and is going to be a star. And that's that's the exciting thing because sometimes you can you don't get that kind of triumvirate. Um, yeah, I mean, George, look, you've been, I mean, how long have you wanted this to happen? 
I mean, like yeah. literally two, three years I, I, from from when I've been following you on Twitter and obviously before we became mates, but like, yeah. if you'd call me a friend, are we friends? I'd say we're friends. We are, we are best friends. <laughs> best buddies. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I know since, since, since I've known you, I know this is a transfer you've wanted. Yeah. We we've kind of we've covered this ground and we've been over it. Whatever. Is there anything else to say on on the player himself in terms of what you what you're most looking forward to? I've, I said this uh, on a bonus podcast. I think the thing I'm excited by is the fact that he might come in and I think very quickly establish himself as a leader. I do think there is a you know we can we talked about the profile so much, but you know we, there is a guy coming in here to a gap. You know in the Nuremberg game. Um, which uh, we should discuss uh, in the Nuremberg game. Gabriel took the captaincy. Now mm-hmm. you can think that's right, think that's wrong, whatever. My point is, it's new. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a this yes. is a new thing. Gabby Jesus, I think, might have taken the armband at some point last year, but it's a new thing. There is space for new leaders in this team, and I think Declan Rice is coming in at the exact right time to take that over quite quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if we very quickly saw him involved in club media doing quite long mm-hmm. form things, you know, long reads and that sort of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in the community very quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him getting involved with the Arsenal women. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, if we know something about the academy. He actually mentioned that in one of the videos. It feels like we're signing, not a player, we're signing a figurehead for a project. And that's, the the, the, the talent on the pitch is obviously the most exciting thing. But I think that is something that like we're going to see and we're going to benefit from so much. Well, I mean, you're looking at a pillar, right? Like, so, so when you look at a rebuild, just fundamentally, you know, you, you kind of isolate purchases, let's say, um, in terms of the aesthetic, and then like the fundamental things that you need, and you're buying somebody that you can just tell will adopt the fabric of the club that he's in. And we saw that with West Ham, right? You know, when you talk about things about his Chelsea relationship, and then what happened at West Ham, and how he's acting here, you can see a type of person that wants to adopt the character of the team that he's in. But then he will add his own and he will impose his own. And I think that's what I'm really excited for. When I talk about kind of the player traits we have, you're right, we've talked about old ground. But one thing maybe I haven't talked about is is his capacity to learn. And I think the one thing that I'm beyond excited about, no matter how much I believe in the boy and his potential, one thing that I love is, is his trajectory throughout his career. And I think you've mentioned it and we've kind of briefly talked about how he's improved year on year. But the one thing that I even love is he... He breaks down narratives every year. So when he first went in to kind of world football, what, there was a question, is he good enough to play midfield? He was a center back at first at the start. And, you know, there was question marks. Could he become a midfielder? Breaks that within a year, right? Then it was this idea, well, he's just a destroyer with proper tactic technique. Can he be responsible for buildup? Then he becomes the buildup orchestrator. And it took an F2, F2 freestylers video for people to see. Oh, my <laughs> Oh my god! Don't even get me started. And and then and then the questions was well, as a DM, does he score enough? Which is even beyond ridiculous. Then he just churns out Yaya Toure box to box runs that finish from his own eighteen yard box to the end. I am I'm running out, and I think there's fans that are running out of criticisms to this boy. And mate, to have this happen in a year's time in each of those big criticisms, like this isn't a while that we've waited, you know. And I just feel that that kind of growth potential, that self-awareness for what he knows about the details makes me very excited for what he could be because he's not even peak age yet. We don't even know what he is. The scary part is, you know, for as complete as he is, he's a moldable clay. And, you know, I, I, I find that frightening. 
I find that amazingly exciting. And I think for him, he's going to relish the chance, a big part of Arsenal. He mentioned it really in passing, but getting us back to the top, but more importantly, being the figurehead, the poster boy for Mikel. Trust me, Mikel, even the way that he introduced him, it was always like, we have a new teammate. Are you ready to speak, my dear boy, Declan? And then it was like, yeah. oh, you're Ian. You're he's, here, here too. Yeah, you you're here as well, yeah. And he also, he stood, Declan stood next to him in the picture when they're about to go on the plane. Like, he's like a little yeah, proud yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just like, look, I Mikel knows, Declan knows, the club knows. And like you said, I just, we have bought, I can't get more high praise than I, I look back and I look at Dennis Bergkamp as being the one to usher in a new era at Arsenal. And that was, you know, when I first really started looking at us as a team was from the 90s and you know early 2000s of course and you know for me I look back and on a history level he was the turning point I see Declan as a turning point for this club on a trophy level I feel that we we have done so many brilliant things but he's going to represent somebody that everybody in the world wanted he knows that he's going to show us that and I think that he wants to prove to everybody in a certain extent he is good enough and I know that's really weird but if you look at Declan every level of his career, he's been told you're not good enough, by the way. And every time he has smashed through whatever proverbial ceiling you place on that boy. And it wasn't just the comments that I talked about earlier. Look at his youth career. Let go by Chelsea. Then, you know, West Ham say, okay, we'll have you. And by the way, West Ham were also thinking about letting him go as well. He even mentions that in an earlier interview. Like it wasn't all smooth sailing at West Ham. And so I just think that this boy, his career has never been given to him. He's had to fight tooth and nail in a very oddly shaped uh, English environment that I would say is quite cultured and and protected in general. Like I think the academies and the way that, you know, youth football and grassroots is done in England, it's phenomenal. It's leagues ahead of what many countries are doing, actually. The thing is, though, I don't think Declan has had that prestige or privilege, let's say. He's had to work for everything that he's got. And now he's here at the top of the mountain, and I'm just excited to see what we've got, mate, really. And, And I just don't think that... Mikel um, under, underscores kind of the, the level that we've taken with this boy. He, he knows how important this is, and I'm just excited to see how he's going to use him. Um, I think that he's going to be somebody that gives the team uh, a kind of a personality, and, and I don't think those players come around often. You look at Vieira, you're Roy Keynes, when you talk about these players that define a team, he's somebody that I think does that, so... I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about some stuff on the pitch, but I feel we should just stick to the mental aspect about what happened because mm. we've done the pitch stuff so often. Mm-hmm. It's just insane that we've done it. It's insane that we've done the British transfer record. It's insane that he's here. It's so weird seeing him in the shirt. The offensive potential it hasn't even been unlocked yet. And that's, you know, it's that's one of them. I think he's, his top scorer, his top, top map goals in the league is four. Uh, top map assists is is like three or something. You know, there's so much there, mate. So yeah, it's a, it's a scary prospect and what, he, what Arteta could do. And I think you're right, absolutely, to point out the, the the pathway for him to get here. So yes, very exciting times, man. Very exciting times. Um, and we'll discuss so much more about the guy, won't we? Of course. Um, let's talk Nuremberg. Um, mm. Very quickly, there's only so much you can say on that, that type of game, but I thought it was good at certain things that were interesting. I'd like to hear your overall thoughts on the game, but I'd also mm-hmm. like to test out a theory on you. Something there's a brilliant article in the Athletic from David Ornstein where I'm so annoyed because I wrote a script on Friday 
that had this very line in it saying, I suspect that the Havertz and Rice Steels are linked. And then David Ornstein comes out the next day and tells us that, that they are. I was thinking, but I wanted to be right. I wanted to be proven right. And my ego was bruised. Um, so I put out a snarky tweet about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, basically, long story short, they're linked. And I felt that they were linked for a while. And the reason I think they're linked is because once you move Jacques on, as good as he is, there are, and you kind of give more responsibility to someone else. You have the elite level talent of a Declan Rice and what he could bring on you can change and mold other people's responsibilities and other roles in the team i think george we're gonna see you can call them i've been in the dms with clive today and he calls them double tens i'm gonna call them roaming eights but i think one of the big things about next season is getting sacra martinelli into lanes four and two i think that's going to be one of the big questions on Mikel arteta and the coaching staff's lips this summer it's going how do we get them into lane two what is the without losing that stretch that they give us without losing that those receptions out wide. You know, Saka is such a reliable receiver out wide. That ball from Party out to him, that ball from Saliba out to him. Martinelli less so, but I think was in Chenko's in the team, there was a difference there. He's thinking about that. He's going, how do we do that? How do we get those into the team? And I think Arteta isn't a guy who's going to... We know he doesn't use fullbacks that way, not necessarily. He might instruct Ben White to overlap, but it's not like his primary function. It's not his biggest strength. And we know the left-hand side up to now hasn't been that way. And the signing of Timber has made me even more sure of that. We know we have Jesus, who can go out wide and allow them into to lanes uh, four and two, but that's only one guy. So I think the change will be the roles of the eights. And I think we're going to start to see the role that Trossard had in the build-up on the, when Gabriel had the ball on the left-hand side. Trossard was just dropping a little bit deeper out to the wing. And I think we're going to see the eights in there and allow the the winger, in that case it was Nelson, to stay a little bit higher up and a little bit further in. I also think we're going to be, see them in the kind of, for want of a better phrase, corner flag areas. I think we're going to see them beyond uh, in build-up. I think they're going to be in the sort of Bernardo Silva roles, uh, as we've seen him for Man City. Allowing, again, allowing Sacco and Martinelli to come inside. Again, this doesn't mean all the time, just more. And I think the capacity that Habits and Erdegaard give you in those zones and their understanding of space and whether they will be on the left and the right or the right and the left, depending on how you view it. I think they are perfect for this kind of roamy role where we've had a creative hub, but then a more straight lines, box to box kind of guy. I think we're now going to see two roamy eights who swap sides, who go out to the wide areas, who allow our wingers to come inside, who drop deep, who link play, who uh, might even fill up the central areas at times. But it's all to allow and to facilitate. And I think that's what Habits does is one of his best skills is facilitation. Does that make sense? Do you agree? Thoughts on that overall? Uh, I had something else to say, but I can't remember it. But yeah, your, your overall thoughts on, on, on that as an, as an idea. Well, um, just to kind of relate it even back to Nuremberg, we saw that idea with how Fabio Vieira was used. I don't and know about Fabio you, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just Rossard. And, you know, the one thing I want to ask, though, is we know that these guys in terms of Havertz and Odegaard are facilitators, but would you classic classically kind of identify them to the wings as a primary play creator i wouldn't not personally so you start to look at people in the squad that could be that by the fabio way Vieira. fabio Vieira. yep and you know i'm sure we've talked about this you know in terms of the future potential of the team and look when i saw that i envisioned the eights by the way having that overlap and i know we've talked on here quite a bit when you look at a side you have to look at a pod Okay, and you have to look at the winger, the fullback, and the central midfielder. And we have talked about balance on here, where 
if you have somebody that's on the same side that is inverting, typically your winger will stay more touchline to create space. And that allows for the, the, the central midfielder to provide that overlap, which in the past has been Xhaka. That's how the left-hand side worked, right? When Zinchenko went in, Xhaka went out to force Martinelli inside after he received. That was the rotation that we saw. Now what we're seeing is the central midfielders start high and wide to allow the wingers inside. And it still meant that the fullbacks were inside. I don't think that it matters who is outside as long as that happens. And one thing that I keep saying is that can come from a Ben White overlap. That can come from an Emile Smith row rotation because it's not just Fabio Vieira that would excel there. It would be Emile Smith row who excels on that overlap on the outside. That dynamic superiority is what we're talking about here. Let's be very clear. What is it that they provide? Because it's not just filling in lane five. It's the fact that these guys are able to not just create, but provide that spark to push the winger inside. Because I think fundamentally, a lot of people felt that the wingers were kept wide. Why? What was the reason the wingers were kept wide? Instead of saying what you saw, what was the reason for it? Well, a big thing is typically... A lot of times coaches will put wingers wide if they don't if they doubt whether or not that winger can survive contact on the inside and roll the marker. And so typically what they do is let's shunt them wide to receive and create more space against lightly sprightly fullbacks as opposed to these big center backs that maybe can win those duels a lot more. That's the logic for maybe putting your wingers a bit wide because in theory by the way you can put anybody wide. Width is width. It doesn't matter the personnel. But I think it's a matter of seeing who can survive that contact. Now, we've got two people right now, and Martinelli and Saka. Saka always has had this physical capacity, but I would argue Martinelli last season really showed that capacity for the inside and for dealing with contact. That has been an evolution. That's why we're allowed to see some of these uh, midfielders operate on the wings. But the one thing I will probably critique on is I don't see Martin Odegaard as thriving in that role. I don't see Kai Havertz as thriving in that role. I think those are two roaming eights that, of course, they can overlap and, of course, they can receive out wide, but they love their inside spaces. And by the way, so does Trissard. I mean, Trissard did the role, but I wouldn't say that he thrives on the outline. You know, we've seen him touch line and we know what that does. So I think that the evolution that we're looking towards is trying to promote more flexibility there. I don't think we'll be as rigid where I think last season it was only the wingers receiving wide. And we've seen in Nuremberg only the central midfielders receiving wide. We're moving beyond it being a particular person doing it, and we're going to rule. And the reason that I'm talking about this is there was a brilliant article by the Training Ground Guru, and I kind of posted about it a couple days ago, where Lee Carlisle kind of says that he deploys players in terms of roles, not positions. Of course, I'm smiling because, you know, my ego gets self-inflated when I talk about kind of zones over from my formations for like the last two years where I think fans need to stop pigeonholing players about who exists in lane four and five. Let's keep it simple, guys. Let's put our most potent players closer to goal as frequently as possible. We've talked about that on the pod. That's basically all this is. When you talk about putting Saka Martinelli into lane four and two, What's the end result? We want you guys closer to goal. We want Martinelli being the one, by the way, to take the most shots in the team. We want Bukayo Saka taking the most shots in the team. Those are our most potent guys. How do we facilitate those things? I don't think the answer is one way. I think that we've shown ways to improve it. I think the one interesting thing with Nuremberg, by the way, just to bring it back a little bit and see what we saw down there, is having a look at how Kiwior was so flexible, defending wide, but then coming inside in possession. It wasn't quite the Zinchenko role. I feel as though when you had a look at that, 
it was a very interesting use of the fullback that I actually think Timber is going to replicate brilliantly. And I don't know if you saw, but the same side that had Kiwiore invert in the way that he did put a lot of space for Gabrielle to start to carry. And I'm start, I'm sat there and I'm thinking not just Saliba, but Ben White, um, you know, Tomiyasu, Timber, these are all guys that have shown a potential to carry from central back conditions. And by the way, I think Mikel has previously talked about how he doesn't like his center back dribbling. I think that's been misconstrued. He doesn't like them dribbling in their own third. He loves them dribbling when we're into the middle third. And he loves breaking lines that way. And so I just think that the way that we utilized the fullback was just really brilliant. Kind of built in this 3-3-4. I don't know if you saw that. And it was just that kind of that fullback being flexible in those two roles that allowed the center backs to create a really different dynamic for them. And of course, off the ball, just to round up, we did defend in this very interesting 4-2-4. It is the same as a 4-4-2. We just switched the front two blocks. Now, the only thing that I'm going to mention on a tactical level, not to get so nerdy, is I think that the reason that we saw this was actually Nuremberg specific. I'll be very clear because Nuremberg defended with a pivot. And I don't know about you, but if you saw, they kind of had a pivot in a traditional 10. By having your team invert the 4-2-4, what that meant is you have a numerical superiority against the 10 with your pivot. And by putting the 4 up top, you mark their pivot out of the game, but it almost means that in the middle of the park, you constantly have one more body. And by the way, that was the goal of Mikel Arteta even last year. We constantly, the way that we had our 3-2-5 was because we wanted to outnumber the pressing structure in the middle of the park. I think that's the one fundamental we'll keep. We may not see the 4-2-4 consistently throughout the season, but when we talk about teams that utilize a traditional 10 in quotes or end quotes, I do see this being a new pressing structure, which I think is brilliant because it allows us to have that four center back structure, which is really sturdy. It allows us to have a very interesting pivot, by the way, that could operate with a Urian Timber type of profile in there, along with somebody like a Declan Rice. Um, but also up top, I thought that the roles of Kai Havertz and Eddie and Kedia were very interesting when they came on in the second half. I think nothing that we saw from Kai is going to be replicated, but if you had a look at the way that we started to use our strikers really close together, I thought that there's a lot more potential to have a little bit more combination play. And I think that's what I'm excited to see in the U.S. I want to see a little bit more attacking formation fluidity. Um, but those were my big takeaways, I'd say, from Nuremberg. A 4 2 4 out of possession, very interesting pressing shape. Haven't seen that. And then building in a 3 3 4, which, by the way, we've done quite a bit of last season. One thing we just didn't see was the way that I th- thought Kibior was used. And I don't think it's just profile related because I can see Timber doing the exact same thing and giving our center backs more freedom to carry. And that's mm. what I'm excited about. Mm. Yeah. Lots to unpack going sort of in reverse order i think on the kivior thing a point rohan made on the rewatch uh which is available for tdk patrons um <laughs> point rohan made on the rewatch which is brilliant is what the what kivior does when he comes inside is he he drags the winger with him or in that case the neuromote winger with him yeah. which creates the space in that channel for gabrielle if you flip those dynamics and you have it on the other side and let's say timber comes inside and they take their left winger right who do you create space for Saliba. Saliba. Which I know you've been talking about for a while in terms of his ball-carrying capacity and, and the fact that we haven't necessarily seen that. We kind of almost the tip of the iceberg with that. So that's that's a possible thing. Yeah, the Kivio thing was interesting. The 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 attacking dynamics, I think, uh, can change. But to, to to come back to the the use of the eights, what I would say is, yeah, it's it's 
positional football. It's it's what we do. It's you know it's it's, it's juego de posición. But it's it's that idea that as you mentioned, it just doesn't have to always be the same person. But I think the big change that I believe we're going to see is let's say for example last season six times out of ten Saka was the one providing the cutback. I will say now mm-hmm. this this time he will be six times out of 10 receiving the cutback. It's a small switch, but I think it's something that like, just, I think we're going to, because of the understanding of the game model, because of the capacities of the players, I, I think Erdegaard and Havertz have a potential in those wide areas. They have a potential dropping a little bit, little bit sort of earlier in the, in the buildup, possibly becoming into that three in the three, three uh, the middle three in the three, three, four. I think there's, uh, depending on the ball side, there's so much flexibility and, and variability that we can do. And finally, yeah, I think, Jesus, I wonder getting someone in and around him, even if that is a Saka, actually, you know, a Saka and Jesus combination, you know, on the inside. I wonder whether that's something that we could see. So there's so much to develop in terms of our off-ball shape. I don't know. I mean, I saw I saw what we did and it worked for Nuremberg, the sort of 4-2-4. Let's see. I, I, I don't feel like I have any, you know, I feel like that's going to be so, that is almost the most game state dependent and therefore we need a, probably a bit more sample size. So might have to uh, leave that one there for now. Um, let's look at the squad for America. I was, I have to say, I was, I, I, I'm disappointed that when Yeri and Lewis Kelly and, and Raw Waters aren't in it. On, the only academy graduate uh, in terms of well, current, you know, academy player really is uh, Amariko Zadubri, who Mikel seems to have shown a reluctance to use. You might be more across the situation than me with. Um, whether he wasn't selected for the U21s. I, I'm aware that Walters, uh, when Yeri and uh, Lewis Kelly are selected for the U21s, maybe that was a decision that Arsenal took and went, look, you know, it's probably better for them to definitely get minutes there than get, you know, 10 minutes here and there in, in America. I understand that that could possibly be part, be part of the thinking. Um, yeah, thoughts on uh, Smith Rowe and Partey are joining next week. Thoughts on that squad and uh, are, are you understanding of that situation with Wanyeri and Lewis Kelly or do you think they could have probably gone? Um. I'm I'm upset that they didn't go, but then at the same token, like I'm looking at it, like mate, it's only a week and a half. <laughs> I don't think people are are realizing that the length of time that we're talking about here, like yeah. it's not um, huge. So I, I two think games, two well, three, I think, right? Because we've got the All Stars, United, and then Barcelona. Yes, you're right. All Stars, so, United, and Barca. Yeah, Barca. Yeah, three thirty in the morning. Well, congrats. Well, not, well, not for well, you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think um, when I had a look, I was annoyed. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't think that there would have been an issue not having them on the plane, even if they weren't playing. I think some of the issues is we are using this as a shop window for some. For example, I can justify Ethan, um, you know, Miles and well not going, but then I'm sitting there annoyed that... Um, essentially Alex Runner Center is going, you know, that um, Cedric is going, like holding, I'm sorry, like is going, like I'm looking at people that I know don't have a future with the club and that are going, and that's what frustrates me. Um, And if it was a case of, okay, not just Amario's going, but there's two other youngsters that are going, we've just swapped uh, chances and opportunity where Germany was for one group of youngsters and then you know, the US was for another group of youngsters. I'd understand that logic a bit more. But I think the frustration from a lot of fans, maybe yourself as well, is the fact that that replacement isn't just a Mario. It's a Mario plus, you know, um, holding Cedric, people that we know aren't a part of the squad long term and shouldn't be. Yeah, that, that's uh, an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think the whole like squad, the whole like shop window thing, 
Because, I, like, do I believe that someone's going to watch Rob Holding in preseason and go, no. hey, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, what I, but what I do believe is maybe if you remove him from the squad, do it you does. take some... Do you take some value off him? So it's not even necessarily... I think people think it's like, well, we're putting them in the shop window. I'm not it's sure it's opposite. necessarily that. I think it's more the idea that like, that like we're, sh- we're saying, no, they're part of our squad, guys. I promise. <laughs> like, and, you know, everyone knows they aren't, but you can never, you can never fully admit that. So yeah, it, but it is frustrating. And to, to be honest, like I'd rather, I think we learn more watching Wanieri and Lewis Kelly in one of those games, at least. Uh, for, we even, know even what the others half. are. We, we know yeah. what the others are, fundamentally. And, and look, uh, I, I think for me, even if you don't see them, I still think being a part of the squad is something that at least the younger two boys... Look, Ruel's come before. He's been a part of the preseason. Maybe he knows Ruel, but like Ethan and Miles being accustomed to the squad is something that they can only benefit from. So, yeah, I'm not going to act like I wasn't upset. I think the logic they said is, look, Amario's He's getting literally his chance your son. get. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I know. I, I mean, look, we go way back. You know, I, I've adopted him last week. And so... <laughs> It's um it yeah it's frustrating but again I I do look at it mate it's a week and a half if you do look at it so yeah not too much and they're coming back from the Emirates Cup you know I'd be kind of uh, annoyed if we didn't see Amario all of preseason that's the one positive I will spin on this the fact that Amario's got a chance that is somebody that I really love that is somebody that I think a lot of fans will love and I'm hoping that he gets a chance to show everybody because I really think he's going to be one of the few while Ethan and Miles are exciting Mario has never got talked about in Twitter circles. And look, I mean, people like me who are, you know, borderline questionable with the police will know about these youngsters. But like, you know, uh, it's a joke, I think, to be clear. It's a joke. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think Mario is a well-known quantity. And, and I think he will be like the, the, the manner in which he can emulate a Bakayo Saka role is quite frightening. And I think that we're going to see that potential. And by the way, he's also somebody that has potential to be inside. Mark my words, I think that Amario being a winger as the only thing is not true. He's somebody that could be an interior when he grows out as well. He's got such a phenomenal penchant for off-the-ball work two ways, and he's got an excellent ability to roll contact that it wouldn't surprise me to see him on the inside and not just be somebody that's operating kind of touchline. So, yeah, I, I'd be excited for that aspect. And beyond that, look, the ESR and Thomas Partey coming back late, I'll be honest, club can tell me why. I don't really care as long as they're going. Excellent. That's where I stand on it because I really don't think that there's nothing beyond that. So uh, I will leave so. that to the club. Uh, <laughs> let's leave that there. Uh, lovely use of the word penchant, by the way. Very nice. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the second part of the show. We'll see you after this. Welcome back. And thank you to those of you who are in the Diffnot Members Club. Join at patreon.com forward slash Diffnot. Get access to the exclusive Discord server, ad free versions of all of our content, including main and bonus podcasts, instant reactions, the rewatch, and bonus video content for just £3 a month, George. For goodness sake, if one time support, buy me coffee.com forward slash Diffnot, where you can buy Alex a coffee. The links are in the show <laughs> description. Look, if, diff- if Daniel Eck, who was going to buy Arsenal, is a fan of the Different Knock, for goodness sake, you better be. <laughs> you better be. Um, uh, oh, and the other thing I was going to say was uh, recently another thing on the different. Another another addition to my week <laughs> is uh, we're doing uh, the different knock live, which is fancier than it sounds. Essentially, we're on uh, the Twitter, Twitter Spaces on Sunday evenings at eight. Rohan and I, if you want to come along there, just use the hashtag hashtag TDK Live. Get on and uh, ask your questions, and we will answer them hopefully in an interesting, entertaining, and 
swift manner because uh, spaces can become fairly tedious. Right. Let's move on. George. Mm. It's the 16th of July. We're approaching <laughs> a deadline, aren't we? <laughs> you said the week of the 18th. I, uh, hands up, I, I did. So, I mean, it better be on my way. Otherwise, I've got, what, to the 26th, you said? Yeah, what was well, it? firstly, it's actually what the week the of the 17th. Day? So, uh, you've, uh, that's, that's your first mistake. And the second one, mate, you've got two weeks from tomorrow. <laughs> Basically, well, actually, you know, you've got two Excellent. weeks and a day oh. before patreon.com okay. forward slash diffknock gets tattooed on you. I will personally oh, come to Toronto <laughs> and tattoo it on you if you don't get a mic. We're going to vlog it. TDK goes international. I think so. I think someone said, uh, someone in a poll put, which saga has lasted longer, the Declan Rice transfer saga or George's Mike saga? And something like 94% of the votes were for the Dec- were for the George Mike saga. I was more embarrassed at the number of votes that happened. Like, yeah. fine, percentage swing. Hilarious. But then I looked in, and you can realize how many people voted. I think on the, the old one of the different oh, channel, some, somewhat, somewhere in the region of a thousand people voted saying, uh, <laughs> saying you need to get. The people have spoken. I think, I think that one was about whether they will win the Champions League or you'll get a mic first. But, mate, we've set. I've, got, I've even got a reminder on my phone. Damn, it's phone ready. Okay, well, guys, listeners, I think that you'll be hearing me in my baritone voice. Yeah, can't wait. Imagine if, imagine if you get the mic and you're like, yeah. So, like, basically, um, um uh, Miles Lewis Skelly, <laughs> central running power. Like, uh, <laughs> that's how you sound to me, uh, George. Keep sell loan goalkeepers. Yes. Um, well, we're definitely going to be keeping Aaron and Matt Turner, of course. Um, I would loan Arthur Oconquo. I think he had a phenomenal loan with Storm Kuratz. Um, I think I would probably let him go back. You know, he challenged for the league. It was actually a phenomenal loan. I think Runderson has to go. I don't understand what he's still go. doing here. I don't see the benefit. Um, and I just, I think Carl Hines, look, Carl Hines an interesting one. I'm going to be a little controversial. Sell. I, um, international goalkeeper for Estonia, we've seen him in glimpses. I just think between him and Arthur, you need to make a decision about your academy, quote, and end quote, um, third choice goalkeeper. And for me, Arthur Conquo has a greater potential than Carl Hein. I just have never been felt or never felt confident with him claiming crosses and with um, an idea of his um, physique. I think that, you know, Arthur Conquo has just a much better frame, better ceiling, um, and has better potential. So, yeah, that's my keep sell loan of the goalkeepers. Can you ask me the, the defenders? We didn't plan this. <laughs> okay, defenders. Uh, oh, seamless. Sell loan, oh, I, oh, did, um, I had no idea you'd say that. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, well, George, if you're asking, I would go <laughs> keep, obviously, Saliba, Timber, White, Gabriel, Kivior, Tomiyasu. Probably won't surprise anyone there. Uh, and Zinchenko, before someone kills me. Trusty, I thought looked quite good the other day. So I would, it depends on his situation. I don't know. I would probably loan him to a, if if he can go to a Premier League. I, it, the problem is, is he's come from he's come from the MLS. He's got the trusty the process jokes. No one quite knows the level. But like, I'm I'm always willing. Listen, I'm if someone can make us better, bring him in. So look, I don't want to just sell him for for this because I I don't I don't know him. So probably loan Nuno. 
thanks for the memories and bye-bye. Cedric and Rob Holding, need I say more, the same. And finally, Tierney would be a sale that I would do if we got really good money. Ah, but I still, I just still worry that we don't have another. What does really good of... money for you look like? Are we? Yeah, like what? What is really good money for you? Are, are we talking thirty million pounds and you're happy, or does it have to be thirty five? I would, million I would say, I would say, thir- yeah, somewhere in the region of like thirty two and a half to thirty seven and a half, around, around in the middle of the thirties. I'd accept. Obviously, you know, it'd be nice to have more. I think the maximum we're getting is probably forty-five. Um, but yeah, I probably. And does the, and does that uh, buy you the replacement the thing. that you want in this market? I don't know. This is the this is the problem. Is like is is it probably doesn't, George? <laughs> so I know where you go with this. Yeah. It probably doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think. Yeah. I, I the problem is is I don't know whether Mikel. It it's all up to Mikel. It's all up to Mikel whether he sees that type of profile as something we need. I don't see that fitting into our game model very much. That's not the type of profile that we see. But he's so good at what he does as a different option that it's like it's a it's like removing your plan B. And I just like I'm always cautious of that because there are there just are going to be games where next season where you need to try and win in a different way. Um, and I think Tierney can help us do that. The only pushback that I will. The only pushback that I will and I'll continue to make is, of course, it's the money thing. I don't think that the money that we get is going to buy us a viable alternate that is Champions League ready. And then I look and I ask the question, when you talk about Timber, and you know, a lot of people say, I don't see us using that type of fullback. But then I argue, what is Ben White in people's opinions then? Because Ben White for me is not an inverted fullback. And, you know, when I talk about that, again, we've seen the potential for... Yeah, and, and the, the issue that I've got with it is if we've got valued proof of Mikel at least being adamant that one fullback will perform that role, why would you get rid of the flexibility that allows you to do the same on the opposite end when you just bought the versatility to do it in timber on the right-hand side? Like, we bought the piece that allows him to do it. And look, I'm all for um, kind of uh, selling when somebody has become redundant. I think fundamentally he hasn't become redundant yet for me. And until uh, Sousa from the Academy is ready and you're going to tell me, look, George, I am adamant that Sousa is ready to step in. I will not recommend a first team sale for a left back unless I know he's Champions League ready. And that's really kind of where I stand on it. So yeah, I'm kind of with you on it has to be good money, but I, I think I'll just push back. I don't think I'm ready for a sale yet. I'm ready next summer. It's really hard. It's like... It's like having a swimming pool in a in a like a in like a shop. It's like it's, this isn't right. Like you don't. Like we, this isn't what you need. But it's a swimming pool. And it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really good. And like you know, there's no point just giving it away. And then the question is, are we going to try and integrate the, the swimming pool? I don't think we will. But also, I don't know what the swimming pool looks like at times. So you know, there could be a development. Who know? You know, we 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 allow the idea of development with other players. Can't there be a development for Kieran Tierney? Can't there be new skills he can learn? You know, I I don't see that as completely off the table. Um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I think it will depend on the money. I just don't know whether. I just don't know whether that's how Mikel sees his defenders in in that kind of profile. But anyway, uh, George, keep so alone. The midfielders. 
Uh, I think this is a lot more straightforward, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we've got Thomas Partey. As he says, it's straightforward with the most interesting potential. <laughs> I don't know what we do with Thomas Partey. Um, the very first one, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to, again, keep this very short because that's the idea of this question. Thomas Partey on the pitch, underlined. Um, phenomenal. World-class player. The only reason you sell, by the way, is A, you're not going to get value. I'm not going to get a, a fee that I'm going to enjoy unless I'm going to recruit, I'm sorry, Moises Caicedo, I won't mix my words, and Eduardo Camavinga. Those are the two level of players I can understand Thomas Partey being sold for. Other than that, purely on a football level, there is nobody in world football for £40 million that gives me Thomas Partey's level. No one. So if you're going to do that after having sold Granit Xhaka, you better be recruiting somebody of that level, which there's only two. Now, I, I hear the feasibility. I hear everybody yelling in their microphones, but I'm sorry. That is the standard that Thomas Partey sets on the pitch. Um, so for me, keep. Um, unless I can guarantee, and you can say, George, you're yep. getting Moises Caicedo Same or Camavinga. I hate, I can't, I can't do that. So he's going to be in a potential sale. Um, moving on, of course, uh, does Bakayo count as a midfielder? He's I on know the website as a midfielder such, still, but, you know, which I, 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 I well, know, you know what it like, is. everyone just says, oh, it doesn't matter, but I, they do select them. Do you know what I mean? So I always think it's strange. I mean, look, I personally, I, it pats me on the back for my potential Clarence Cedar shout. Of, of a potential, um, you know. Look, I don't, I don't review it, but obviously we're keeping. We've just tied him to a new contract. Martin Odegaard, Emil Smith Rowe, both of those guys are keeps for me. I think that you know Emil is somebody that people are going to be questioning, of course. But we've already reiterated that he's not going anywhere. We've seen what he's done with the Euro twenty ones. We've seen the fact that he's cut his holiday short to come back. By the way. Um, and I'm just ready to see what we can offer. And when you talk about um, midfielders on the outside, that's Emil Smith Rowe. Like that rule is opening up for him. So for me, I'm a big keep on that aspect. Uh, look, Jorginho, I'm keeping for the Champions League for a year, but I don't think that's a long-term keep. Um, obviously, Fabio Vieira, I am keeping as part of the squad, and I'm not loaning, which could be a surprise, because I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this Get and saying, well, George, how many, how many minutes? <laughs> yeah. well um, I've got we might agenda. have a little bit of a different opinion on how he did <laughs> yeah but um no Fabio Vieira is a keep for me Sambi Lakanga I think might be somebody that is a sale for me I'm done there and I think a lot of people might be saying well why are you done with him and not done with Fabio Vieira and whatnot well fundamentally when I see the club looking to recruit two six eights that primarily could be roughly you know 100 million pounds each I worry about your position as a potential 6-8 in the squad, right? Um, and I've just felt that I've seen what Sambi can be right now, and I think that he won't be the person that we need the for pro- two the or three years. The project's moved past and him. At it's, that it's point, gone too quick. I think that's all that's happened. Yes. So unfortunately, it's a sale for me. And then look, Mohamed Elneny, I, look, he's come back earlier than we have. We're going to have very awkward conversations because it's a sell for me. I don't know Vibes. That's do. what he brings, George. Um, Vibes. Yeah, well... I mean, he, he, he helps with shirt sales, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a frustrating thing. And I think the club did the right thing offering him a contract. But I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of at the point of, uh, I think yeah. we're done. Yeah, yeah, agree. Now you ask me about forwards. Okay, mate. Last last but not least, forwards. Oh, what, what whoa, do you say? What? Keep sell uh, by. Um, uh, <laughs> Jesus keep, Martinelli keep. Trossard, I would argue, is more of an interior, but can be a false nine option, so keep. Nelson, obviously, keep. 
Marquinhos, I'd probably do another loan. I don't... Again, he's similar to Trusty in the sense that I don't know the level. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't... I haven't literally don't know what his level is, so it's difficult to say. Um, they obviously saw something in the player, but I think... I, he might be a sort of guy to do, like, a two-year loan. Do you know what I mean? To go out and, like, re, like really just go and establish yourself somewhere. You know, or, you know I'm not saying... Or, or do, like, a... I don't know. A sale with a buyback in two years for... 10 million or you know whatever it is I, I don't know what it is you know just really give him a chance to establish himself somewhere and say look we love the player we like you it's just right now you know we're in this phase and you're not going to come and play for us um i liked him in preseason last year uh balligan sell obviously for a good price but sell i think i'm always keen on getting that number nine profile or that forward profile or whatever it is that is very different from Gabriel Jesus. And I'm not suggesting that's the same player, but I think if you drew two, what's that Venn diagram thing, there's a lot of overlap. There's too much overlap. I'm not saying that they're very distinct qualities, but there's too much overlap. And I would like to see a different type of forward come into that front line. If there's no good poss possibility, I think we need to sell one of Eddie or Ballo this summer. I would say, I don't think they can both be around, but I will say... I think if we had to sell one, sell Eddie and keep Balogun and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I'd like a different type of profile. I don't think that'll happen this summer because it's going to happen when we sign Osman next summer. Um, Nicola Pepe, sell, see ya. And Eddie, as I said. Yeah, lots lots to consider there. Lots to consider. And I think also in the midfield, something we didn't necessarily discuss was the the Wanieri and, and Lewis Skelly thing. Because that's another, just another thing to, to consider. You know, if you're, let's say, Jorginho, or you're, let's say, you know, an El Nani, I know we discussed, but let's say you're a, let's say you're a Smith Rowe. You know, if you get a really, really, really good offer for him this summer, let's say 35 million out of nowhere on deadline day, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting option. Let's finish with some questions. Let's do that, my friend. Uh, we had a question from. Download video bot. No, we didn't. <laughs> we certainly did not. Uh, where is it? Hang on. Question from KJ, who says, who do you think will be the first to leave from the first 11? Not including Partey. I'm talking Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. So like the our idea of the first 11. Let's say, let's say like the first 12 or 13. Those first you know, properly first 11 players? Um, say that again. I've, I've drawn a blank. <laughs> let's, let's take our first 11 uh, from, let's, let's project yeah. our first 11, right? Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus, Saka. I appreciate people will dispute stuff. That might not always be the same, yeah. but let's just call that our first 11 for now. Of those, who do you think will be the first to leave the club? Um, I think that um, the first person to leave the club. I, can I say um, someone? Yeah, sure. Go for it. I think it will be Zinchenko. Because, and I think it could, I think one of Zinchenko or Jesus will be replaced sooner rather than later in 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 the hierarchy. I think there's just a level to what they are able to do that there was, you know, there's a reason we got them from Man City. Very, very good players, title challenging players, but are they going to win you the Champions League, win you the Premier League, 
playing playing 38 league games I don't know um, and I also think there's just too many defensive deficiencies with Zinchenko that I don't think Arteta will accept essentially and I think if when if and when that happens a character like Zinchenko is much more likely to be like nah I'm done and probably very respectfully just be like actually I'm, I'm not and I think Jesus will fight for a bit longer um, and maybe get back in the team on the left hand side or whatever you know, who knows so um but yeah, I think Zinchenko has quite a specific role that I think Arteta will eventually move away from. Um, we've seen Kivior, et cetera, et cetera, you know, other players doing that. And I think when that happens, I think we'll see Zinchenko decide very quickly that he wants to leave. Yeah, look, uh, my gut was to be political and look at Thomas Partey in terms of what's happening. But I've always felt that Zinchenko is going to have a level of redundancy with Declan Rice coming in. I've kind of made that point quite a bit on Twitter where I just don't know where his type dependency is so needed when you've got a defensive midfielder with a bias to the left-hand side, as many people say, even though, again, I disagree there. I don't think it will. Um, I think Zinchenko is probably one that we move on a little bit more, particularly with the evolution of Kiviora and we look at the evolution of that rule and what we need back there. Um, I think that Zinchenko is probably one of the more specific players in the squad. And if he's not performing an inverted fullback role, what is he doing? Um, especially in the first 11. I mean, I think that same issue is what people are saying Kieran Tierney should leave for. And I just don't know whether or not that's going to be something that we persist with long term. Um, look, I, I think that Jesus is another one like you. I think the Man City players, arguably, they got us to a point to challenge. But when we're challenging, do we still need them? That's a very uncomfortable conversation that we're going to have to have. And I mean, I think there's a reason that City made that choice respectfully um, and allowed that to happen. Um, so that's kind of where I stand. I think the Man City players are arguably not going to be uh, dedicated first 11s. Yeah. And my only reason with sticking Zinchenko over is because he's got quite a specialized role. Like I don't, I don't see Zinchenko being able yeah. to, as you sort of mentioned, do something else. Jesus could probably play a different yes. role in the team. He can yeah. be wide. He, he's yeah. more versatile. Yeah. Uh, how many expected skin fades has Declan Rice got? That's a question from at, at Steve's 91. <laughs> Mate, over 38 league games, Declan Rice is having at least 30 skin fades. At least. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's got, probably going to overperform. He's probably got, I'd say, 29.8. 1.8 skin fades per game, eh? Yeah, yeah. 29.8 expected skin fades. I reckon he'll overperform it by a significant way. <laughs> final question is actually an interesting one it's about this idea of have you seen this Jesus at left central midfield yeah what are your thoughts on that because like it's it's obviously something you look at straight away and you think no but I don't know I like I, I'm not saying it'll work I'm not saying I want to see it long term I don't think it's right but in periods of a game if he dropped into that pocket I, I don't know I don't hate it are we saying drop into the pocket or are we saying receive in the pocket? Yeah. <laughs> that is the question yeah. that I think we need think to that's ask. That's a Shakespeare right? quote, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, but I think that, no, I, I, I've seen it respectfully. Um, I think that a lot of people look at um, that role and don't appreciate what happens off the ball. And I think don't appreciate what happens on the ball, by the way. Like with Zinchenko will go to those zones. He isn't receiving in those zones and he's not operating on the touchline as a passer in half spaces like a Fabio Vieira, which is something that you'd have to demand, by the way. He's not receiving in the first phase. By the way, do I want Zinchenko like, dri or sorry, Jesus like dribbles in my first third? No, I don't. Um, you know, I, I really think that he does well to add himself as a plus one. 
he doesn't add himself well to being the guy plus one. That's a very different story. So um, I like where people are headed in terms of understanding that people can perform different roles. I just think that Zinchenko and his ability to control a match is very, very different. Um, and when to release, I think he is a little bit too individualistic, which is fine for an attacker. But as a midfielder, you have to be a little bit more appreciative of the pass. And why Trossard works and Jesus doesn't, by the way, is that fact. Trossard cares where the ball goes. I don't think Jesus does in, mm. in a particular way. That's no, fine. Right. You need that in attacking, but you don't need that in the field. I need that. We need that. Yeah, I think you're right. Be there. I think uh, I think those people who who say that are talking out of their bottom. And if you get that reference from the Shakespeare <laughs> quote, you're welcome. Um, very good, George. Pleasure as always. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up there. But um, predictions for who are we who are we playing next? Uh, the All Stars. The All Stars. Um, Oh, yes. in your country, um, in your beautiful country, America. Yes. <laughs> um, it should be a spanking. Okay. I am talking four or five now. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be lovely. Yes. Uh, look, pleasure <laughs> as always. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, as always, follow us social media at George V underscore AFC for some hot takes and some conversations about Miles Skelly mostly. Follow me for whatever the fuck it is I do. Follow at Diffknock. Uh, patreon.com for slash if not for extra bonus content have a lovely day and we'll see you later keep it different knock peace thanks so much for listening to the different knock and arsenal podcast to get bonus podcasts and much more you can sign up to be a tdk member at patreon.com forward slash div knock for just three pounds a month Check us out on YouTube and follow us on all social media at Diffnock. Thanks again for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.